Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you because I have a powerful word from the Lord today. I was in prayer maybe three days ago. I was praying and um, I felt the Spirit of the Lord so strong. And I, I already had a few messages to preach, right? To teach on. But then God says he's going to interrupt the regular schedule to bring you the following announcement. And he began to minister to my spirit regarding money. Money in the body of Christ. And this is why you see this one titled, God over money. We have to get that in our spirit, God over money. So he began to minister to me in prayer. And he said, I have a Rima word. I have a um, few things he had me to write down regarding money. Because we're coming into a season of plenty. We're coming into a season of overflow, breakthrough, and release. And I know we have heard this for years. We have heard this Trust me when I tell you, I received the word in 2012 regarding the abundance and the favor and the money that God was bringing to me. 2012. So don't think for a second that you are the only one that is listening to the Holy Spirit, right? But what I think God is trying to do when he speaks things way far in advance, he is trying to bring us up to speed. You have to have the spiritual and the mental capacity to hold the blessing, to steward the blessing, to do with the blessing what he has called you to do with it. And in order for you to do that, there has to be gone a work in you, right? A work in our hearts. And this is primarily what God wants me to preach on today. He wants me to teach on putting God over money so that you can sustain the blessing. So just because you've heard this for years, you've heard this throughout more recently within the last two years, God has really ha having prophetic voices to really hone in on this subject and hone in on the wealth transfer. And the reason why is because in order for you to receive, you first have to have the faith to receive it. And if your mind and your spirit is not in alignment with the kingdom of heaven, and with the way God does things, you will forfeit the blessing that God has for you or you will never receive it. Because if, <clears throat> if you cannot even perceive God using crypto or God using business or God using um, some illogical way to bless you, then you will never receive the blessing. So what God begins to do is why he begins to foretell, that's what prophecy is, is to foretell what's coming is because he wants to build your spirit man up. He wants to build your intellect, your mental up, and he wants to make you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to not only get the blessing, but to sustain it. Because a lot of people, and you see this in the world, when people get riches too fast and when things are not done in God's way and it's done in the world's way, they're not able to sustain it. They're not able to um, receive it and do what God has called them to do with it. 
They squander it on things of the world. And that's not what God wants for us. Because just because you're free in one area, and you've heard me say this before, that doesn't mean you're free in every area of your life. So God begins to do a work in your heart and all of those other rooms in your temple that are not submitted to his lordship. So we're talking about God over money today. And he began to speak to me. And I'm going to read a prophetic word first, right? This rhema word. I'm going to read this. And then I'm going to begin to explain some of the things that he has shown me. So God wants to position us in a place of putting him over everything. And in order for us to do that, he, you have to know that everything first and foremost belongs to him in order for you to have that revelation. And when you know that, and when you get that in your spirit, and you realize that everything that you have belongs to him, even your credit, everything, your children, everything, your marriages, everything, your jobs, your careers, everything that he gives you, including money, belongs to him. And we have to have that revelation in order to be able to sustain the blessing that he's going to be, being, that he's going to place on us in this season. So he says, God over money. This is the wealth transfer protocol. This is the protocol. He says, while I was in prayer, I heard the spirit of the Lord say, teach my sons and daughters about money from a heart perspective. Teach them how I feel about giving, receiving, and storing money. This topic needs to be addressed as God says he's tired of his people operating from under the law. A perspective. A lot of people are operating under the old covenant pertaining to money. I preached on this before and, I, and, I, and God talked about the tithe. Okay. There's a couple of videos that I've done, but now he's bringing this back up again. So he says, teach them how I feel about giving, about receiving and storing money. This topic needs to be addressed as God says he's tired of his people operating from under the law of that perspective. He wants giving to be peaceful and not under compulsion or manipulation. For God loves a cheerful giver. This is the word. This is the Holy Spirit ministering to me, right? So then he says, teach them about money from a heart perspective, not from a I'm under the law perspective, right? Um, according to grace and not by works, not by law, not by repetition or not by man-made or man-teachings. See, a lot of things have been handed down and passed down to us from generations. And a lot of things we do sometimes when it pertains to the kingdom of God is done based on fear. And it's not based on the grace. It's not based on uh, cheerful giving is, is based on something bad is going to happen to me if I don't do this or if I don't tithe, if I don't do that. And a lot of times, hallelujah, I'm just going to speak what the Holy Spirit is saying. A lot of times, and I've said this and I've heard this even in Troy Black's recent video, and I'm going to link it in the description because it was almost verbatim what God spoke through me. And I almost fell off the couch when I heard it because it's one thing to hear a confirmation of a word, but it may not be in the same way God gave it to you, but it's still confirmation. But it's a whole nother thing when you almost hear things word for word, exactly what, what God has spoke through you. That, that's, that's powerful. And he said, 
a lot of times people are unable to uh, preach what the Bible is really saying. And when I say people, I'm talking about leadership. I'm talking about apostles, prophets, pastors. I'm talking about teachers, evangelists. I'm talking about everybody who's still teaching under the law. Malachi 3.10, for you are cursed. The devil is a liar. Though, though that is the word of God, that is not the intent of that scripture as it pertains to giving. And I'm going to say this. He spoke verbatim, and this is what I spoke. God spoke through me when I was speaking to someone. I said, a lot of times people are unable to preach on grace and preach on giving the way God wants you to give because their uh, income is tied to that. This is exactly what verbatim what Troy Black said, and I almost fell off the couch when I heard it. I said, oh, Lord, you are speaking loud and clear. It's hard to separate when you are reliant on that for to pay your mortgage, to pay your bills, and to take care of your children. Though we are not under the law, we are not still exempt from giving in the kingdom of God. That is the law of the kingdom, sowing and reaping. For the, as the earth remains, there will always be seed time and harvest. But a lot of times when preachers preach on this, they preach from a perspective of the law instead of the, the perspective of grace because their income is tied to that money. And just because you are free in one area, now does this make them unsaved? Absolutely not. Because you can be free in one area of your life, but not been free in another area where God has been trying to speak and been trying to speak in that area. And because we are closed off sometimes, sometimes God cannot bring that message through us because we are not even receptive of that message. We are not even reading the scriptures. This is why when I read the scriptures, Lord, give me eyes to see the scriptures the way you see the scriptures, not the way it's been handed down, not the way it's been taught by, from generations, but the way God sees the scriptures and the way he intended for the scriptures to be read. That's huge. And I learned in the scriptures, you can change one word in the scripture and it changes the whole context of the scripture. This is why we can't add anything to it and we can't take anything away from it. So he said, teach them from a heart perspective about money. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm standing in agreement with everybody else, believe in God for a miracle for my finances as well. But I knew exactly when he said that what he really meant. He wants us to be postured in a position that we're able to um, receive him in the way he intended for his, for his character to be received and his words to be received through the word. So let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about it and the title. And what does it mean to put God first over money? It simply means to put away worldly, selfish things and do not love the world or the materialistic things in the world. And this is what the Holy Spirit told me to write. To put him first, God over money. Does that mean God does not want us to have money? Absolutely not, because that's not what he's saying. He's saying that he wants to be not only Savior, but he wants to be Lord over your finances, over your credit, over your bank accounts, 
over your giving, over your receiving. He wants to be Lord. That means he wants to govern that area of your life, not just in finances, but in every area of your life, mental, spiritual, physical, um, relational. In every area, he wants to be Lord, not just save you from hell, not just Savior, but he wants you to walk in the fullness of what he has for you. He doesn't want you to walk on this earth and not experience the goodness of the Lord while you're in the land of the living. He wants you to experience him in the fullness of who he is. So let's talk about it. And I was looking at my facial expressions when I looked at the video last week and I was like, oh my gosh. But it's so serious. And I guess that's my serious phase. It's so serious because God really wants us to be blessed. And he's not trying to take anything away from anyone. In fact, when you do it his way, you end up giving more than 10%. When you do it his way, because see what you're doing, you're being led by the spirit of God. Those that are led by the spirit of God, I just heard this Holy Spirit say, are called the sons of God. And being led by the spirit means we're not in control. Meaning a lot of times when you receive a 10% or a tithe, right? You receive that. It's a sure thing for the church. They know they're going to receive a certain amount of money, even though people can walk away and they can not give anymore and they can do this and you're relying on God. It's, you know, you got that maybe 20 or 30 that's going to be unmovable and steadfast. So you count on that, right? You count on that money to feed your family. But the people that are giving the money has to believe God for a miracle or has to be, believe God by faith. But you're... It's a whole thing, guys. So I'm going to stay on track. So let's put in God over money. What does that mean? It means worldly and selfish ways and materialistic things in this world do not allow them to rule you. I, told, I was telling somebody, it's okay for you to have things, but just don't let things have you. What do I mean when I say that? I'm going to use myself as an example. And this is not to brag or to boast or to do anything, but it's simply to use myself as an example. What does it mean to truly allow God to be in control? That means if you have things, but those things don't have you, if God told you to give it away, you would give it away. If God told you to sow, you're going to sow where he tells you to sow. That's when you truly have the heart of God. And this is why he wants me to teach this from a heart perspective and not from a, um, a perspective of just money in general. Because it's all about the intent and the motive when it comes to Jesus. He searches the heart and he knows the mind. He tests us in these things. So... We need to look at this <clears throat> and we need to look at the scriptures. And, you know, what does this look like? What does this really look like? He said, one, is deliverance from people pleasing, from people pleasing. He said, two, idolatry, worshiping money, chasing money, the hustle culture, people that are constantly hustling for money, people that are constantly chasing the YouTube algorithm. People that are constantly chasing. The Bible, my Bible says the blessings of the Lord will overtake us and run us down. That means you don't have to chase money. It's not about not working hard. That's not what we're talking about. Because we know the Bible says a man don't work, he don't eat, right? But we're talking about chasing money. 
the love of money that is the root of evil. Not money itself, because money is a tool. And if used correctly and used wisely, it can be a blessing and not a curse. So he said deliverance from people pleasing, meaning if God tell you to do something, you do the opposite because you felt obligated instead of being led by the spirit. The other thing is selfishness. Me, 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 me. Everything is about you and that spirit of entitlement. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. And the reason why he is listing these things, because what he's getting ready to put in your hands, you're going to have to know this stuff. You're going to have to have it deep down in you. Okay. So selfishness, right? Everything is about you. Entitlement. And you might interact with a, a person that has the spirit. Oh, because you're my mother, because you're my father, because you're my sister, because you're my son or daughter, because you are my friend or because you are. Uh, a part of this church or because you are this or that, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. And you have to be able to recognize that spirit of entitlement because a lot of times when people are in authority over you or when people are in relationship with you and it's close family, there is an spirit of entitlement that comes upon them that they feel like you should have did this because you're, you're my sister. You should have did this because you're my brother. You should automatically know this because you're my friend or you should automatically know this because you're my husband or wife. But that's a spirit of entitlement. Bible says, oh, no man, nothing. You don't owe people nothing but love. Okay. So then we're going to talk about the Old Testament, the fear of curses, which I touched on Malachi 3 and 10. No, I'm going somewhere today. Malachi 3 and 10 begins to talk about you're under a curse because you didn't bring the tithe into the storehouse. But how many of you know Jesus addressed this in the New Testament? And we're about to go there to Matthew 23 and 23. Let's go there real quick. Let's go there. Because Matthew 23 and 23 is oftentimes a New Testament scripture that they'll use for the tithe. And then they'll go back to Abraham was tithing before tithing became a thing. The devil is a liar. God is not the author of confusion, guys. His word is what it is. And I implore you that if this raises questions, simply go back and take it to the altar. We serve the same God, the same Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is say, Lord, give me clarity. Give me direction. Is what she's saying from you. And that's how you get the right answer. That's how you get the right answer. He began to take you on a journey if you are open to receive it. If you're not even open to receive it, it's not coming your way because you have to first be open to receive what God is trying to say to you in order for you to receive it. So Matthew 23 and 23, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, hypocrites, you, for you pay tithe of mint and, and anise and, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So when the people hear the others undone, they're thinking that he's talking about still tied. But you have to realize that until Jesus ascended, he was still under the law. So God still was being God and not asserting his own word, right? But at the end of the day, 
God is saying the weightier matters is justice, mercy, and faith. So my Bible says God desires mercy more than sacrifice. And I'm going to show you this in Luke. Luke 18, verse 10. It talked about two men went up to the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. This is what Jesus is speaking. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Here's the tithe thing again. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. This is the people that he's talking about. Jesus is giving an example. This is the other person. And but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I tell you, this man, this is what God is saying, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So God is saying, what is the weightier matters? God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner. So this man has found justice in the eyes of God versus the man that was paying tithes and bragging about all the things he did, which is fasting and praying. This is why I don't fast unless God lead me into a fast. You have to be led by the spirit. Otherwise, you're doing things within your own power and within your own strength. And nothing is going to come out of that but the flesh. When you feed the flesh, what you feed grows. Where the focus goes, the anointing flows, baby. So when we start talking about the weightier matters, God desires a broken and contrite spirit. You've heard me say this time and time again. That is what he's looking for. That is the weightier matter. He is looking for you to have mercy on your brothers and sisters that sin against you, to pray for those that persecute you. He's looking for the weightier matters, right? The weightier matters is faith, is justice, right? Is mercy for the people. Mercy for what measure you use, it will be measured back unto you. And we look at this and we think tithing is it, I'm giving, and this is, but what you're doing is you're tying the hand of God. For one, you're under the law and you're not under grace. Under the law is saying that because I gave 10%, that's what I want back. But under grace is saying, Lord, whatever you tell me to give and with your mercy and grace, you'll give back whatever you see fit for me to have, which is probably more than your 10% that you gave. So it's not about banning or shunning giving because God clearly says he loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want his people to be under compulsion, under weight, under pressure or a manipulation. Come on, come on, because I'm going somewhere with this today. God has to be over money. Why? Because he wants to be Lord in that area. Anytime you, you restrict him, you're restricting your blessings. You're restricting what he really wants to do on a larger scale. You've heard a message like this before, but this is kind of different because I'm teaching from the standpoint of a heart condition in terms of your giving and your sacrifices that you give to him. Also, he said, being led by the spirit of God and not by obligation. Obligation will have you to miss God. God may say, go over here or invest in this coin, 
but you're led by obligation because someone else you heard is doing it this way. But he might have told you to do a coin, this, do this coin, not this coin. You feel obligated. Why? Because you think somebody else is doing it, so they must have heard from God. God speaks to all of us. It's not about a title. It's not about a title. Everybody who has the spirit of God in them can hear the voice of God. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. They hear me. Everyone who has the spirit of the Lord. And you might not recognize it to be God, but you hear from God. Be it voice, be it the word of God, the Bible, be it through other people, be it through um, signs, wonders. You hear from God. But you have to have faith that God speaks to you just the way he speaks to anyone else. No one is greater. The Bible says, in fact, the ones that are least in the kingdom is greater. I'm going to keep going. So what does kingdom giving really look like? Because we need to position ourselves for the wealth transfer. We need to position ourselves. Um, kingdom giving, what does that look like? Let's go to uh, the book of Mark. Let's see here. This is what kingdom giving looks like. Let's go to Mark 12. Mark 12 um, verses, let's go to verse 41. It says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. He looks at everything that we does, guys. He sees it all. He knows it all. He knows your motive and intent. Let me keep going. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So once again, did God say she put her tithes in? No, she put in her whole livelihood, which is the widow and the only two mites that she had, which was less than what everybody else was putting in. So see, it's not even a matter, a matter of the amounts, but it's a matter of an emotive and intent. I'm gonna keep going back to that because he then said that they were given out of their abundance. So what that means, that means they didn't even feel that thing. That means that wasn't even really a sacrifice. It was like, um, I got $2 million, so I'm gonna put in 200,000. Oh, well, or I'm gonna put in uh, $200. So God is that's what that's one of the ways he showed me what kingdom giving looks like when you give with the right emotive and the right intent and you giving as an honor to him not to be seen not to say i did this or i gave away this or i got this but it's just to honor god right with what you have with the substance of your house sharing i call it wearing it like a loose garment baby uh, what you own and have, wear it like a loose garment because he might tell you to give it away. I'm an example. I just moved to Dallas, Texas. I gave away, and a lot of times God wanted me to hone in on this. He spoke this to me. He said a lot of times people think when you give stuff away and you say you gave something away to someone, they think you gave it away because you either couldn't use it or it was old or it wasn't a worth of anything. But I'm here to tell you 
I needed everything that I gave away. So, and not to mention what I gave away was not even a year, almost two years old, if that, if that, if, if it was even two years old. And the furniture that I gave away was more expensive than what I replaced it with when I got here to Dallas. Did I need what I gave away? I needed everything and then some. Because <laughs> I started over from, with nothing. But God said, give it away. He told me who to give it to. He, told, he showed me when to give it to that person. I knew a year before I gave it to that person, almost a year, I knew in August that I was supposed to give it to this person, but I didn't tell that person until April. April of the next year. I didn't speak that until God released me to say it. So he'll tell you who to give it to, where, who, uh, when to give it to him, how much is everything really everything is, is he wants, he'll give it all to you, all the instructions he'll give to you. And I did just that. And how I know I was on the right track was first of all, the person who I gave it to, they confirmed that they had given their furniture away and they had just moved to Atlanta. So they had given what they had away. And I didn't know that. And that's happened to be in August when I, God told me, but I didn't tell that person to April. Then that was confirmation. And then another thing was how the reaction of people when I said, oh, I gave her my only Gucci purse I had I gave her a Valentino, my only Valentino, brand new stuff. Because I felt God wanted me to give it to her, right? And the reaction, I can't believe you gave her that. I could have bought a truck and I could have came and got that stuff. No, you could not have because you're not messing up my blessing. You're not messing up my obedience to God. That's how you know the stuff was worth something. Because people look like, oh my God, I can't believe she got that. I can't believe you gave her all that stuff. 65-inch flat screen TVs. That TV probably wasn't even two years old. So we're not talking about, and I'm not saying this to brag God in, in heaven knows, because he's already giving me a green light for to speak this. But I'm saying that because he will show you how to do it and what to do it. This is instructions for the body of Christ. He's going to show you who does, what ministry to sow into, what ministry not to sow into. And he's also shown me that people are pulling people because they know the wealth transfer is getting ready to transpire. And they're making sure that they have a community of people so that the community of people, God has shown me that they're going to, they want their people to sow their wealth transfer into their community, into their Patreons. And when they sow that, they're going to live off of theirs and store theirs up, which is my next point. He said, understand who it all belongs to because he said it all belongs to him. That's how the kingdom gives. We give according to the spirit of the Lord, knowing that everything that we have belongs to God. Everything. So we have to wear it like a loose garment, baby. Be willing to cut it loose if he said cut it loose. That means we can't have no attachments to things. So it's okay to have things, but just don't let them things have you. So the wealth transfer is getting ready to transpire. It's taking place, right? It's in motion. It's in motion. Things are happening. But God is saying, and I'm going to go to the next page. He gave me some more stuff. He is saying, 
Pray for wisdom. Pray for knowledge. Pray for understanding. Pray for direction. Pray to be led by the spirit and not by obligation or not by deception and not by manipulation. People are going to be preaching the tithe and the offering when they know that that money has transpired in your hands. But I'm here to tell you, please seek God. If you hear nothing, you do nothing. Wait for him to answer. Don't just pray. I've learned the hard way. You pray, and because you don't hear nothing, you go off and do your thing. But I've learned to not only when I pray, but to wait on an answer. Wait on the answer. Because let me tell you something. God will foolproof you. What does that mean? I did a, a video on foolproof, and I'm going to link it. I'm going to link that video because we need to hear that. Meaning, he is not going to let the devil make a fool out of you if you don't want the devil to make a fool out of you. If you don't want to live your life as a doormat and live your life as a fool, I'm not saying don't bless people. I'm not saying don't give. I'm the sowing queen. I was sowing a heartbeat. Heartbeat. God knows that. He's my witness. But I'm also saying this. Don't allow the enemy to make a fool out of you. If he can't stop it, he's going to try to get you to squander it yourself on things that are not, that people, wolves that are waiting for your money. They are linking you up, putting, pulling you into their community so that when it transpires, they can sit on what they have and use yours to live. I'm calling it like God has shown it. So this is a season and a time that we are coming into. And I'm going to give another prophetic word that he gave me. This is even after the fact, some days later, he gave me this word again on yesterday. So he says, God says, daughter, there is a time and a season for everything. And then he began to take me to the book of Ecclesiastics. And I'm going to show you that. He said, there is a season and time, daughter, for everything. The time is coming and is even here now. Tell my people, my body, to store up, to build. He kept saying this, to store up, to build. He said it again, to store up, to build. He wanted me to hone in on that one. For their families and my body and people that I will assign you to give to. I'm going to say that again. He wants you to store up in this season. What we're coming into a plenty. This is a season. And I even seen Troy Black put this in one of his videos. He put a jar that God showed him with money in a jar. $20 bills wrapped up in a jar. I saw that. And I knew what God was saying. I had to pray into it, but God showed me what he meant when he said that. That it's time to store up. That's what that means. And then I heard Shaniqua United for Christ. She came out with a video of maybe a month or so ago, and it says, keep it all. God says he's getting ready to bless you with a wealth transfer, and he says to keep it all. And this might sound like God, he wants us to sow, yes, under his direction, not just get it and let me give it to all the ministries, all of this and all of that. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. He told me why. So he said, the time is coming and even it's here now. Tell my people to store up and to build, to store up and to build, to store up and to build, to store up for their families and my body and people that I will assign you to give to. 
for this will be for this will be years of plenty and abundance and increase but there's coming another season where there will be great scarcity in the countries the cities the states that we are to prepare for now god says ask him for wisdom direction on the who the what the where the when and to give for some will give to those i have not assigned and when scarcity comes, they will come back and ask me to provide. But I will say, I did. But because of emotional manipulation, you gave out of obligation and not out of obedience. Powerful what he gave me. Then he went on to say, pray about everything. Then wait for your answer. As God's silence does not mean his approval or he has approved a thing. Let's look at that. I'm going to look at that real quick because I've often said that God's silence does not mean his approval. And what do, and when I said that, it's funny because I was reading, I'm going to go to um, Psalms 50 and 21. Now listen to this. You've heard me say this, God's silence does not mean his approval. I just thought I was speaking by way of the Holy Spirit. How about this is a scripture? So if you go to Psalms 50 and 21, it says, these things you have done and I have kept silent. This is God talking. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. God's silence does not mean his approval. So he said, wait upon the Lord Jesus, for he shall sustain you and uphold you with his righteous right hand. He will not suffer the righteous to be moved. God will not make a fool out of you. God, you will not be put to shame, dismayed, or disappointed. If God has spoken it, it will come to pass, guys. Be patient. Ask him for patience. Get, get in his presence so that you can have a peace of God while you're waiting. I know you have heard the words. The words have come and come and come, but God knows what he's doing. Trust the process. He knows. He's God. He knows why he's making you wait. He knows us, okay? He knows us inside and out. He knows what we need to sustain this thing. And allow him, don't be that person. And this is what I say, Lord, I don't want to be that person that when it, the blessing come, I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm crying this night. I'm sorry I didn't believe you. I'm sorry that it didn't. I don't want to be that person. I want to believe him when I see nothing. I want to believe him when I see nothing. Why? Because he's already done a million other things for me. Because he's already shed his innocent blood and died on that cross for me. I want to believe him because he's already shown me what faithfulness looked like when he went to the cross. He's already proven it. He didn't have to do that, but he did it. So we know that a God that holds the world in his hand, that created the galaxies, the stars, the moons, and created the sea and separated the water from the depths of the earth, and that created everything into existence, you telling me he don't know what he's doing? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. So pray for patience and pray for the peace of God. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule. Let that thing have dominion in your heart. Let it rule. And remember, money, money only enhances your character. It magnifies your heart. If you don't sow with little, chances are you will not sow with much. Don't fool yourself. If you're not blessing nobody when you're down, you're not going to bless them when you're up. 
the widow's might is the example he said. If your heart isn't sold out to Jesus or serving him with the substance of what you have, then you will serve what rules that you will serve what rules that area of your life. Make him Lord over your money, he says. If you are not submitted to him in that area of your life, then money is only going to enhance whatever it is. If it's a shopping addiction, if it's a, if it's a giving away addiction, if it's a people-pleasing addiction, money is only going to enhance that. That's just like putting money in the hands of someone that has a drug addiction. What do you really think is going to happen? This is why he said, be led by the spirit of God. Because sometimes with family members, with friends and with coworkers and with people, you can actually send them to an earlier grave. You can send them in a pit and don't even realize it by thinking that you're helping them because they have not come under the lordship of Jesus Christ and they have issues. So you think in giving them money, is going to help them or providing certain things for them. But I'm here to tell you, I see some people that they need to have a job. And the reason why I say this, I don't say this when I'm being mean, because sometimes that's the only thing that's keeping them from drugging themselves 24-7 or drinking themselves to death 24-7. Whatever you are before you got the money is what you're going to be when that money gets in your hand. It only enhances the character. It doesn't change. Only God can change your heart. And this is why he wanted me to hone in on the heart issue when it comes to money. So we see this and um, just making sure that I covered everything that he wanted me to, to cover. But he did want me to read 1 Timothy. I can't get out of here without 1 Timothy 6 and 10. But he wanted me to read this in the message. Immediately when I pulled this up, he said the message version. So what does 1 Timothy 6 and 10 talk about? It says, but this is the message version. But if it's only money, these leaders are after. God is amazing. They'll self-destruct in no time. Lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Go down that path. Some lose their footing in the faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. In the regular New, New King James Version, it talks about the love of money as the root of all evil. But in the message version, 1 Timothy 6 and 7, it says, but if, but if it's only money these leaders are after, they'll self-destruct in no time. Lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Lust. So we pray for the Lord of the breakthrough right now over our finances. We thank you for listening and watching. And I just release the peace of God over you to wait patiently for the Lord, for he is faithful and that he will not suffer the righteous to be moved. Paul said, I am young, I was young and I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. But God wants to position you for a wealth transfer that you'll be able to sustain, that you'll be able to store up, that you'll be able to build whatever he tells you to build and you'll give away whatever he tells you to give away and that he, you will bring glory to him and that you will not be swayed by people pleasing or by guilt or shame or manipulation, but you will walk into the fullness of that blessing because my Bible says the blessings of the Lord that maketh us rich, guess what? It adds no sorrow to it. So there are no sorrows with the blessings that God give, unlike the world where they are constantly chasing after money. They are constantly chasing after the next hustle. They are constantly chasing after the next dollar. Even though they're rich, they're still chasing it. 
So in the name of Jesus, I just decree and declare that God's revelation, his fire will be on this word. It will not be still killed nor destroyed, but produce fruit for his glory and his namesake, and that you will walk in the fullness of what God has for you. And again, if you want to opt in, go ahead and text live free and text the number 770-692-7751. And this is for prophetic encouragement, not for money. It's just to encourage you and to keep you abreast of whatever God gives me. I'll give it to you if he allow. Until the next time, guys, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.